Development in Baltimore, especially residential development, has taken off over the past decade. Everything from conversions to ground-up builds have been changing the skyline and bringing new residents into the city. Today we talk with Dominic Wicker, Vice President of WPM Real Estate Management, about some of his well-known projects like 500 Park and Mount Vernon Marketplace, his latest development, which is the Fox Building in Hamden, and what it's like raising two teens in the city. And you are not originally from Baltimore, correct? Correct. And where are you from? Um, I am, my father was in the Army, so I, we certainly bounced around, but I would claim myself as uh, mostly from San Antonio. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you are from Texas, San technically. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I was there from about uh, fifth grade through college. That counts. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured. So I sort of associated that, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Um, because you have no accent. No, no No. accent. I guess, although, that's the only other place in Texas, that is the only place in Texas I've been, I've driven through the state, but I've never stopped. You could still be driving. It's a a, a (laughs) a big big one. We drove through it in less than a day, like, that's, a, that's was, a lot of driving. It was weird. Well, we drove cross country. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a huge state. Did you like San Antonio? I loved it. Yeah, it's great. But I was, my family's all from Massachusetts, Boston. And so I always had sort of an East Coast bias. And there was always like an acceptance that that's where we were going to go to school. And uh, I ended up coming to school here in Baltimore. And then. You went to Hopkins? I went to Hopkins. Yep. What was and, it like going to your safety school? <laughs> It was certainly not my safety school. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was certainly not my safety school. Um, so, um, yeah, and I was here, and then I left for graduate school, and then I found myself coming back. What brought you back? Um, I think uh, sort of relationships that I had. The one you're in now or different? No, 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 no. no. Just, just people, and I mean, I was in, I went to graduate school in Pittsburgh, and I found myself after grad school working in Harrisburg for the state Senate and it was close enough to back to Baltimore that I didn't have to invest a lot of time up there. Mm-hmm. And I what were you studying? In Pittsburgh mm-hmm. or a um, graduate, well, uh, urban studies. Okay. Like urban oh, so policy. you always knew. No. Oh. No, 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 no. Okay. I was going to, I mean, I, w- I entered Hopkins intending to be a lawyer. Okay. Fair enough. Until I started to understand what that meant. So I had, you know, some kind of epiphany along the way. I had a good advisor. Um, and then he was like, well, what, are you, what else are you interested in? And sort of urban stuff was kind of interesting, which mm-hmm. is ironic coming from a place like San Antonio, which is not a terribly urban place. It's just very big and sprawly. Well, we were there um, for the International Downtown Association last right. year. And right. I was I had, I had no expectations. I didn't know anything about the city. And I was really impressed, actually. It's like Maybe it's, I'm sure it's evolved, you know, as all cities do. Um, but the culinary scene was insane. I didn't know CIA was, but they had a, a campus there, which that, is. No, that's new. I, yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, we had a lot of Army and Air Force bases, but. Um, oh, sorry. Um, no, uh, Culinary Institute of America. Oh. Sorry, not, not like the, uh, the CIA. Well, that's what I, it was like more sorry. kind of focused, you know. <laughs> so there you go. No. It's the trouble with acronyms. Yeah. Um, right. So Culinary Institute. There, I mean, I think they have eight locations around the world. Maybe, in San Antonio, and one, excuse me, one is in San Antonio. I, th- uh, I remember somebody telling me there were like four unique cities in America by whatever rating they had, and it was like it was Boston, San Francisco, New Orleans, and San Antonio. And unique, uh, unique. Sounds like a thrillist yeah. article. <laughs> so, probably, but it was like written <laughs> four years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know, but yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm sure it's 
when we just talking to folks who were there, I mean, it's a much different place than it was when, when I left. But. Yeah, but but fair point that like that wouldn't have ignited your interest in cities necessarily at that point. Having to drive everywhere and no, no. well, but okay, <laughs> but so I grew up in northern Baltimore County. I had to drive everywhere. Right. It was almost an hour to school, rush hour. I mean, just I was always in my car, and that really informed my choice to live in the city. So I wonder if maybe that was the way it went for you or maybe or all right I mean I think really it had more to do with all of our like my my one side of my family was up in Boston and we would summer with them every year and summer meant like going to Quincy mm-hmm. didn't mean like Nantucket um and, you know and but it was just neighborhoods that you could walk around in or we'd go downtown to Boston or you'd go and so it was just sort of an op, you know kind of obvious place where we kind of focused on mm-hmm. I mean it could have been Chicago or San Francisco or anywhere else for that matter, but that's where we went. And so that's kind of what, you know, in some way that's what sucked me up here at Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. And then you have since stayed since having Yeah, since 96. You've been here since 96. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. Same neighborhood, whole thing. Not the same house? Third house in the neighborhood, yep. Wow. Yep. And how's raising kids in the city? There's just always this. People always ask me because we're doing it. And yeah, I never really thought anything of it. I mean, it's really, I mean, in some ways it's really easy. Um, it's, you know, there's a lot going on. It's, um, you know, my daughter's about to, like, get to an age where she could potentially drive. But there's stuff that she could walk to in a way that I didn't have that. Like, so that pressure, for I don't hear that from her, or like, that I was when I was her age to be yeah. like, you know, when's my car, when's my car? And she's like, oh, I can walk, I can take the circulator. You know, Does her, she do that now? She she walks now. She sort of walks from the neighborhood over to Harbor East. It's about as that's like her little world. Um, that's I, pretty cool. I think, yeah, I think next year, I think it's she. It wasn't part of her decision making, but I think she's excited with the idea of like going up to Mount Vernon regularly for Twig or for BSA, not Twigs. Um, she could take the circulator. She sort of likes that notion of like getting on it. Um, you know, she's comfortable with sort of public transportation. Um, I think she's aware that Baltimore's really lacking in that department. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we you know, we're in London over the break, and we go to New York often, and D.C. fairly fair bit. And so, you know, she's sort of accustomed to different ways of taking subways, and you know, and she sort of realizes we don't have one. <laughs> Thank <No>. you, Governor <laughs> Hogan. Um, right. <laughs> um, so anyway, but yeah, no, so I think so that's, you know, so that's happening. I think it's been great. I mean, the school community for us has been really good. I mean, it it's really knit us into our neighborhood in kind of a different way. And, um, you know, we can see, you know, one my both my kids' elementary school was two blocks from my house in one direction. My son's middle school was two blocks in the other direction. It's like ha- half of his baseball team is one of those two schools. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's very easy to imagine, you know, just sort of keeping up with folks. Um, but it is interesting. I mean, like with anything else, you kind of age out of certain circles and you move into other circles. Um, but it's been good. I mean, we we had questions early on about the schools and we got those answered pretty quickly. And we found them to be really, you know, high quality educations and they've done really well. Um we had momentary about, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have a yard? And then suddenly that 
that window kind of closed and everybody was didn't really care. Yeah. You know, whether it's the park or the blacktop or the mm-hmm. alley. I mean, it's things just, you don't have to take care things of. Things you don't have to take care of. Right. That's for what sure. we can come back to. So, yeah, it's been great, you know, and I think um, it's been really helpful for my kids to, you know, interact with a lot of people, see a lot of people, have like, you know, like, oh, go to the hardware store, run, go to the library, run, run this little errand for me. And, you know, that's, there's something there. It's empowering, Mm -hmm. I think, in some way. Um, What was just, this is actually Mm -hmm. more for me than for anybody else, maybe, but how old were they when you started letting them kind of do these little errands or, or, or go out on their own? Um, I mean, Tommy is 11 now. He started walking home in fifth grade okay. by himself. And Alex was, we probably didn't get to that point with him until Alex was really like in it's probably sixth grade, mm-hmm. I bet. You know, it just yeah. was the second kid was a little like, like a little easier, like go ahead and do it. Yeah. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was good. I mean, they weren't big walks, but they were. They were walks, and it's sort of like, you know, leaving nests in some ways, and it was it's kind of neat. It's really cool. Yeah. And the neighborhood, you know, where we live in Federal Hill, you know, just many, many more babies, children, teenagers than there were, there ever was back in 96. I mean, I, I, yeah. I often think, like, you know, you'd see, a, you'd see a stroller, and then you'd see them gone. And now it's, you know people in front of us did a lot of hard work at the schools and you know got them to a point where people felt really comfortable mm-hmm. um and so yeah so it's been great i was in hamden last week midday and um same same kind of neighborhood where like maybe like 10 years ago yep. you wouldn't have seen tons of families walking around and i saw i counted because after the first three i started counting i counted eight stay-at-home dads like wearing their babies pushing strollers and it was just this like you know, like social complete change than it than it ever was when we first moved to the city. Like that, it's dads, that it's families. You absolutely. know, there there. It was just very cool. So no, absolutely. I love the city's going this way. Ab- no, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I mean, and you see that in a neighborhood like Hamden or elsewhere. You know, and and I mean, this is such a an easy, you know, nostalgic kind of thing to have. But you feel like, geez, I wish I could like have lived there for a little while and I like wish I could have lived in Fells and you know, but we're all you know, get one shot at this and mm-hmm. um you know, but so it's 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 great to see more neighborhoods going through that same thing. Definitely. You know, and um so Well that's a good segue into a question I had for you. Um I just saw the well, it's from last year, but I just saw it. Your BBJ article talking about um pet friendly oh, yeah. apartments. Um, and I was, it, it's, it's very interesting because you talk about, you know, you sort of, uh, at the end of the process for 520 Park and 500 Park Avenue, um, which I should say you're the developer of. Yes. <laughs> we should probably get to that at some point. Um, you're not just a dad. <laughs> um, you know, you, you guys put in the dog run and dog washing stations because that need sort of uh, made itself yeah. known to you. And then... The, the article goes on to, to highlight like 414 um, Light Street and a few other luxury apartment buildings where the, the there's like 80% dog ownership. And it's interesting because though I'm seeing more families, things like that would tell me that like maybe there aren't a lot more families coming. So I'm curious to know, is it just perception or, or, or what are your thoughts on? Do you mean like people have pets in lieu of? Uh, well, I mean, or... if you yeah, like I mean, if you, I don't know that families are moving into 414 Light. I think it's probably right. couples or singles moving in with their pet 
it's hard to imagine, you know, a family of like four moving into For these sure. apartments. So Unless I'm wrong. No, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I don't think Baltimore has a um, an apartment, uh, you know, sort of living lifestyle for for people beyond one or two I agree. Uh, you know one or two people you know and so it's not you know, so that so that right off the bat that's going to sort of cap the kind of the density of some of these neighborhoods you're not mm-hmm. going to have a lot you know families living in a high rise like you'd live in you know downtown new york or other cities um you know that's not even other than just you know very few exceptions it's probably not even example you know it's not even out there um we, we we see an awful lot of pets. I mean, we don't see eighty percent. That's that's a kind of a stunning number. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks, you know, in that twenty five to thirty five forty range, who are coming to Baltimore for lots of different reasons. And um, you know, I think for the, you know, for a lot of folks, it's you know that pet is, it 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 it, it, it counts for a lot. It's whether it's like. Uh, you know, a security blanket or a relationship or some yeah. something in between. I mean, it's uh, it's a big deal. And, you know, from our, you know, wearing my developer hat, I mean, it's, we really want to be able to position to cater for people and, and, and give them kind of like a degree of comfort. Um, and I think, you know, to me, the, 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 the dog run that you describe is sort of like, I never want to really forget that experience because, you know, we took what was supposed to be a road and it, like a, you know, and turned it into something nice. And I'm like, we it don't was need. Supposed to be a road? <laughs> it was supposed to be a road between nothing the buildings? between not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you could get out to Park Ave quicker. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> that one minute <laughs> going out to Center Street was just too long. Oh my gosh. Um, so anyway, so I mean, but it's it, you know, and it, it kind of like changed a little bit the character of the street. It it brought those two buildings together. It's made a lot of like people interact with each other in a cool way. Well, and it looks you know. beautiful when you're at ceremony, just seeing. Yeah, it's much better than a road. I mean, I, seeing like agreed people living in the space is really nice. Yeah, agreed. You know, and um, I I got an opportunity to like see the dog run at um, four fourteen dog area over at. Um, the one light street building I can't remember the name of the building um and they're great but they're off the street and so I really I like the fact that like you know we have a lower scale building but I like the fact that we, we brought it down to street level so as you're walking by you, you you know you may not be interacting with the people behind the fence but you there's that level of activity that you know you're conscious of and you're aware of and it's not you know, 25 stories above you. Right. Um, and it also, you know, like I had said, I thought the coolest thing that I'd heard was, you know, people making friends, making relationships across the two buildings. And, you know, it's like, it's a natural, mm-hmm. you know, kind of uh, meeting place for people, you totally. know, and just like, oh, you got a dog, I got a dog, let me start talking. You know, that's pretty cool. So. Can you um, talk about a little bit about the history of 520 Park? Because if that was, before that, we just had public markets. I think that was the first. Oh, Mount Vernon Marketplace? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so it was our first, um, I guess, Baltimore's first f- food hall. Um, I think you could probably argue, you know, certainly um, Belvedere came first. Sure, sure, um, sure. But I think they kind of approached it a little bit differently, more like I would think that they really approached it more like a market. Um, you know, our feeling was more of like a food hall, mm-hmm. which was where things were kind of heading. Um you know, we had this big space. We knew we needed, we wanted to activate it. We were very successful with the um, 
residential leasing that was happening above. And then um, we had looked at a couple different options, um, you know, ranging from, a, you know, CVS to a grocery store, small grocery store. As a resident of Mount Vernon, thank you so much for not putting another <laughs> CVS. CVS. Um, I love the one we have. It's nice to have one, but right. oh, my God. <laughs> thank you. Well, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. And then um, – uh, so anyway, we took a quick trip down to D.C., saw Union Market, and felt like we could do something like that. And, uh, you know, I mean, somewhat analogous to the dog run, I think that that's really turned into a, uh, you know, space where people just kind of come. And, uh, you know, and in that regard, it's really surpassed our expectations mm-hmm. as far as just, you know, it, it feels much more mature than it's been open for four years. It feels like kind of like just part of the scenery now. It feels like it's always been there and just... People feel very comfortable of kind of, you know, when you, so it's been great. It's, it's been really, really good. What were your biggest challenges with it starting out or what it would have been your biggest challenges? Um, I think early on it was, you know, getting people to see the vision. Um, and our, our leasing folks, I give a lot of credit to. I mean, we were, before we probably opened, we were close to, you know, 30 or 40%, you know, leased. Um, and they were able to kind of sell um, the notion to people who are leaving farmers markets or, you know, or, or sort of small establishments by themselves or coming from a kitchen somewhere, you know, from a restaurant. Um, you know, so I think that was an early, um, an early challenge. I think the biggest challenge has always been, um, you know, we were making it up as it went along with the management. And so it's much more of a, intensive management operation than than one would think um the fact we now we're kind of responsible for you know kind of the health and well-being of all the common space for 16 different merchants all of them who've got very strong opinions all of them who've got really strong ideas about their vision um you know and all are really wanting to succeed and you know we're trying to create that framework where they can Mm -hmm. so it's up to us to you know keep the lights on put you know, maintain the, uh, you know, may just maintain the cleanliness, bus tables, advertise, market, you know, so the list goes on and on. And I, I think we were pretty naive in, in terms of, you know, I mean, we look, we approached it as we would almost an apartment, which is our core business. And, oh, here's your lease. You're in. No. I'm never going to hear from you until it's time for you to either move out or release. Um, and th- that's not this. This is, this, is, this is a lot of nurturing. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. So you mentioned going to D.C. Um, have you looked at any other cities or really impressive examples in other cities uh, and brought and drawn inspiration from them for other politics? Oh, projects? I got plenty of plenty of inspiration. Um, you know, I, I um, you know anywhere over there, I feel like there's walkability. Um, you know, is 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 a real real high. high high priority for all of us, no matter where the project's really located. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not interested in, um, you know, kind of building outside of cities. And, you know, the neighborhoods change. So that's always a little interesting. Um, you know, I, I I would say that, you know, we're opportunistic and we'll take what the, the given building has or the project needs and whether it's what the neighborhood's asking for or what the you know, kind of the physical layout of the building is, and then we'll figure out, you know, so at Fox. I was just going to say Fox sounds like Yeah, we made, example. you know, we had this space, and then we heard from the neighborhood, and, you know, we were able to create, I think, a really what's becoming a very dynamic um, artistic space in Hamden, which is, 
you know, which is concerned about losing spaces like that, you know, given the, the amount of activity and you know, gentrification that's happening. Um, you know, and so it's, it's great, you know, the other, but, it's, but that's another challenge. And I think Fox is a good example there really, you know, we found a great woman to help us reach out to those people, reach out to the, like a neighborhood like, ambassador to the art, the art, artistic community. Right. I mean, it's not something that I know enough about or could do enough about or have enough credibility with. And so, you know, I created the venue that she asked for. And now she's out there basically being able to, like, find people, Mm -hmm. sell people, you know, say, come here, have another show. And so, um, you know, we've been open there for about six months and it's really stepped up. Well, Um, you should. um, I I did a hard hat tour, but I haven't been back. But just to describe it for people who don't know. Because it is, it's it's artist space, but it's also lofted apartments. Correct. Right. Yep. So upstairs, all apartments, and then we have this about a ten thousand square foot communal art studio. We currently have, I think, eighteen different artists um, in those studios, and they're all. What's your capacity? Uh, Twenty. Oh, okay. Oh, so you're. It's pretty close. Ninety percent. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's good. I mean, you know, and some people, um, there are a lot of folks who you know, are, are looking to have space that they can dedicate it for, coming out of their living rooms, getting out of their basement, wanting to take the next step professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got, you know, we have kind of like a, a good-sized gallery space where they can display. We've, this this new manager of ours, Pam, has done a super job as far as, like, reaching out to the community, you know, getting people to display, getting people to, like, have events. Mm-hmm. It's It's been super and, you know, I think for us, just like at Mount Vernon Marketplace, what it's done is it sort of demystified the building where, you know, it's fine to have an apartment building. But that that kind of accessible street level is really exciting, really interesting. You know, they don't want to see the whole thing. They don't care about the apartment, but they are really happy to, like, walk through the front door of the gallery space at Fox and be like, wow, I've always wondered, you know. And sure. in that case, it's, you know, it's 22-foot high ceilings and – you know, it's you get a flavor for the whole thing. So. Is, is that a typical approach for developers in Baltimore? I mean, do they kind of build first and ask questions later, or are they questioning along the way like you guys are? Um, I don't think a lot of people, and I wouldn't say this is just true for Baltimore. I think, I think a lot of folks probably have a playbook, and they like their playbook, and they're and and you know, obviously, this is a bottom line kind of oriented business. So I think they're probably stuck on that. I think the mistake that a lot of folks do, not just here, is, you know, I think by engaging folks early, it really probably, it saves more time than it costs. Um, you know, getting and, buy-in. Yeah, getting yeah. buy-in, getting approved, especially when you need approvals. I mean, it, it's, there are some places where you don't need any buy-in and you can just do whatever the heck you wanted. We've we've been in situations where we needed to have some buy-in, so it was to everyone's benefit and the project's benefit to engage. And um, you know, I think we we undertook it in a way. We, it wasn't a hard sell. I don't want to oversay, you know, over overstate it. Um, people wanted what we were thinking about, and you know, in in all of our cases, they kind of added value. And so, you know, like it, these are complicated, and they're. Um, you know, it takes more than one brain to be thinking about it. And so when people have these ideas, whether small or big, it's it's helpful. And you can be like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's mm-hmm. let's keep moving. So, um, but like I said, I think I think there's only been value as far as us. But, you know, I also see people that get bogged down and 
things get confrontational and expensive and time and uncertain and you know those those sour you for the next time obviously sure so um, um but you've also done work across town in Fel, uh, fells point yep you're working or you've completed work I completed work on behalf of... You know how you get stuck in your neighborhood? Yeah, no. (laughs) I'm never over there. But Broadway Market is complete. Complete. Okay. Yep. Broadway Market is complete. It's it's really great. I'm, you know, super thrilled to have had the opportunity to work with uh, Baltimore Public Markets. You know, they wanted... um, Was that your first public market? That was the first public market I worked on. Yep. So they were very interested in kind of pursuing a model where they could both retain ownership, but then you know, really improve their merchandising and their physical environment. And I thought the team, you know, in a very, uh, with a, you know, very tight budget, um, you know, in some really real political constraints, um, you know, really pulled off a, a really great little project. Mm-hmm. So, so now we're looking at Holland's and we'll see how that goes. So Holland's is your next. We're trying. I mean, it's a, it's, um, okay. you know, it's, a, I think it'll be a different character. So we're kind of working through what the program wants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's exciting. What else is on your horizon for uh, for Baltimore City projects? Um, we've got a few sites that we're looking at. You know, it always takes longer than you want. You want. Um, is, you there, know, is there like a dream project that is coming up, or is there something? Like, is there a dream project <laughs> you'd want to work on? We're really interested in um, creating a continuing care facility in downtown. So an assisted living, sure. Because you know and. I think kind of bridging that gap for for folks who may be aging out of their apartments or houses and might be the moms and dads of the kids at elementary school now, which we think, you know, we think that there's sort of a burgeoning market for that. We've, we've looked at some things. We've thought about it. Um, we're pretty focused on that kind of idea. Um, you know, no one's really done it. Um, and you had asked about other cities and no one's really done it, so it's it's been kind of interesting to see how yeah. you how you fit that in. Um, so we're we're that's kind of what's out there and trying to educate ourselves about the needs of seniors and the needs of uh, um, you know families who might be looking for that type of thing. I embarrassingly have never considered that, and my father used to operate at assisted living facilities throughout Baltimore and. From between Baltimore and Annapolis. Yeah, so I mean, and I, they were never in downtown. Right, you're like, why should you? Right, why should you have to leave? You know, I mean, there are, you know, there's certainly some great models in the city, but they're not necessarily in like the more downtown oriented neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And we think that it's probably time for one of those to come come to pass. That's a very cool project. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, if we're gonna talk about other cities again, are there any other cities who are just like killing it? Like other cities that just are getting it, or neighborhoods in other cities that you've been looking to? Um, to, to bring ideas back here. I mean, I, I, I never approach another city thinking I'm going. I'm going there with the idea of bringing ideas back. I you mean, don't. <laughs> I wait, was, wait, really? When you travel, you don't. I, I feel like every time I no, leave. No, I mean, I just. I mean, I was in Chicago this past weekend, I and mean, that's obviously a world class city. I mean, there's lots and lots to draw inspiration from. I mean, I think it's. It, it hasn't been my experience that. Um, you know, every city has different dynamic, has a different story, has a different reasons for doing certain things. Right. And so I feel like sometimes we can get ourselves caught in a in a, a little bit of a trap of, you know, why do they have it and we don't? And, oh, we're Baltimore, we can't have it or we don't. There, there's we, we clearly have some self-confidence issues in that regard. Um, you know, I think the city that I'm 
apart from Baltimore that I'm pretty accustomed to is Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spent a, a fair bit of time there and um, time there when I felt the two cities were very comparable. And I think, you know, 20 years later, Pittsburgh's accelerating at a faster rate in, in a lot of positive ways than, than Baltimore has. And, you know, and I think similar size, similar demographics. Um, you know, so those, that's a city that I've, I've actually tried to, like, learn more about than, than just as a visitor, you know, and try and understand, you know, trends and what's driving it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think a lot of their success was a very uh, proactive and engaged uh City Hall, Foundation Community, and Higher Education. And they all kind of worked together on a plan mm-hmm. um, and stuck, and stuck with that. No, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, it's easy. To, I mean, certainly we have the pieces, but it's just getting those things together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but that's a city that I've been kind of fascinated with. Um, yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, with my downtown partnership life mm-hmm. for the past eight years – I don't think I've I've left this city without I mean I could go to like Newark, Delaware and be like, Well that's a really nice like public toilet that they have. you know, everywhere Absolutely. I look it's yeah. Well, that, 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 and, guess, that, and that's for sure. I don't know if it was a lack of confidence, but I do see your point to that of, of like why can't we have but it was more just I feel so inspired about about city living when I'm in other cities. I guess. It's, it's I quiet. think that's true. Mm-hmm. And then you can sort of see how people do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I think um, you know, nice streetscape's not going to like address a lot of bigger issues that we have. And, um, sure. yeah, so it's trying to like provide that kind of quality experience in the physical environment. And then we need to spend probably more time on the, on the systemic issues. You um, haven't solved those. Things, <laughs> no? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, but you know, one more food hall is not going to matter. Right. You know? <laughs> Can't but, hurt. But it, but it pushes it over the top. Uh, so going back to 520, um, instead of, of, you know, we talked about like you had CVS or, or a, major, yep. a major retailer, right? And instead of going that route, um, which would have been really easy, like you were saying, it's kind of a turnkey, like come in, do or not, I guess not turnkey, but come in and then they're just there. You don't have to think about it. You did go for the more complicated scenario, whether you truly understood it at that point or not. Right. Um, so what is the importance of that? And, and what is the importance, like what does that do for the neighborhood? And, and what would you say to other people that are thinking about going for a national brand when they could be actually looking into the community they're already in? Well, let me say first, um, it was it was never a binary choice with CVS of the world. I mean, we had we were in negotiations and, um, you know, it, it sort of stalled, stopped. And, it, you know, I think in those that case, there was a lot, like you said, a lot to be interested in. I think what was different is that where we went next was, okay, this doesn't seem like it's bearing fruit financially. It doesn't seem, it's not getting anyone excited. And then, um, you know, we kind of went in a pretty different direction. Um, I think what we realized was a couple things. Mount Vernon Marketplace at its, at least the way it started, probably wouldn't have worked as an independent standalone project. 
And so we were fortunate in terms of like our success in the residential side was able to kind of like, you know, give us more optionality. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, the budget says we need to get this much in rent. If we don't get that, you know, our investors from New York or wherever are going to be on us. What's happening? What's happening? We had a lot of freedom in that regard. Um, and so once we went down that path, you know, other benefits started kind of becoming more apparent. Um, you know, we were really surprised, like as I mentioned earlier, about what a, you know, what a great common space that that became. And that, you know, people from other neighborhoods, we were like not sure where they were coming from, despite lack of parking, whatever, they were just hanging out. And suddenly that corner was busier. And suddenly, you know, it felt more active and interesting. And, um, you know, as we, it certainly helped us make the decision to, you know, spend the next $30 million at, at the next building. And while that was being leased, you know, it, we were certainly presenting Marketplace in a way that we hadn't previously. It was like, hey, well, this is what you could live next to. And, you know, I, it was hard to track the causality of people's decision making, but that was certainly there. I think the other thing that came out of this experience for us was, um, you know, if you are able to like work with people at the retail level and help them achieve their kind of vision, um, you know, they're going to make money, you're going to make some money, um, and are a little bit flexible. Um, there's a, there's some upside and, and, you know, and I, and I think what's interesting is we've always valued, uh, on the, on the residential side, occupancy and stability more than like the last dollar. And there are other people that see things differently and that's completely understandable. Um, but we, we really took that approach at the, the marketplace as well. And, you know, what ended up happening is that, you know, people stayed with us as we were figuring stuff out. They built their business. They built their business more. Um, you know, things were, you know, things got better for them, got better for us. And, you know, suddenly the guy who was the sous chef at such and such restaurant is now got two or three stalls and he's able to like be very, you know, not only support himself and, you know, make a little bit of money, but he's also able to kind of like do things that he never would have been able to do before. And, you know, I think that incubation has been really interesting to us. And, you know, as I think about future projects, um, you know, if I ever need retail, I think I'm going right back to the people we've got mm-hmm. and people we've got a relationship with. And, you know, and I can't say that of the 16 people we started out with, did they all survive? No, but I think I think we're over like 10 or 11, which oh, is yeah. pretty you pretty remarkable. Some... Like, you know, to be I like in this... before I came here. <laughs> right, in this kind of day and age to like keep that going. And it speaks really highly, I think, of those guys too. Well, so it's cool. You kind of had this symbiotic learning curve. and I think so. Yeah. I think that's right. That you sounds know? unusual and, and the way it should be though. It just, se- it just seems like you're very open to... Uh, working with 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 everyone you're working, you're I, I working hope with so. everyone that's working with you. I, I hope so. Yeah. You know, I mean, there. I'm sure there are, there are cases where it's you know folks need to make that last dollar in a way that you know we haven't been in that position, um, and I think we're going to get the benefit of having had that flexibility. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love like it would really. I'd love for us to come full circle and for us to have a project and us to take one of the guys from Mount Vernon and plug them in and 
set him up, you know, and for him to be like, wow, I'm in a real brick and mortar place. You know, I used to be a chef. I had my own stall. The stall turned into two stalls and now I'm in, you know, a brick and mortar place well, set somewhere else. Pat Hudson's kind of Pat, an example. That, that's a, I think that's a great example. Yeah. I mean, he's not with us, but for sure. And I mean, we're super excited about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, people are kind of growing and, you know, Brown Rice is a number of outlets. Sure. And, and um, you know, Taps. And, yeah, you know, I mean, taps, I think it's right. all, it speaks well of those guys' business sense and, and the product they're doing and the merchandising that they're looking for. Totally. Yeah. So. Well, we'll let that segue into my five questions that I ask at the okay. end of each podcast. So it's just uh, places in the city. Mm-hmm. has to be within Baltimore City. That's all. Um, so your favorite place to eat? To eat? Any meal. Just favorite place to eat? Um, probably Chingali. Good one. Yeah. 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 Italian. Good stuff. And no one does wine better than Tony Foreman. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, this might be the same answer, but favorite place to go on a date? On a date? Um Jeez, it's been after 16 years of marriage, dates are... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, golf course doesn't count. Um, No, I would think like, I mean, we really enjoy like Fort McHenry in our neighborhood. I mean, it's just a great view, great vibe. There's always like activity down there. Um, It's really peaceful and it's nice. So yeah, Fort McHenry. You go on dates on Fort McHenry? That's really cool. Just walk, walk together or... You know, bike down there together. That's adorable. That's as dated as I get. Okay. Well, then, okay, you're once again perhaps answering the next question yeah. with the previous one, but favorite place to take your kids? Oh, my kids? Um, probably two different. Um, for my son, it's definitely my favorite place is going to him to Coke Field at, um, on Fort Ave for his Little League games. Okay. Um, and my daughter... Um, she likes to box at um, uh, Knockout Fitness on Light Street, and you so are I think far it's far more active family <laughs> than we are. <laughs> not, but it's fun to see these kids like do things that they're interested in, and it's it's like it's fun that it's connected to the neighborhood. Do you box too? No, I don't. No, I had um, until I realized I couldn't take a punch. <laughs> <laughs> Can she? she? She's getting there. Okay, she's, she's, they're, no about, let her walk they're about to spar. <laughs> exactly. So it's funny. Oh, right. she's about to spar. Uh-huh. That's so cool. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I did the elliptical for 15 minutes today, and I'm so proud Super of myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I cannot imagine boxing. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, favorite place – or sorry, what what is the best drink in the city, in your opinion? Or are you like a beer guy? Um, no, I mean, um, I do like this new Guinness. It's pretty good. Uh, is you know, best though. The way is... you just held that was like, um, and they're like, Nuprin, little, yellow, different. <laughs> oh, yeah, the like waiting for, to keep turning the re- <laughs> label. Um, no, where did I have a really good drink recently? Um, well, we also, I mean, we get a little Italy a fair bit and like Negroni's down there are all pretty good. It's my so favorite cocktail. That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Negroni's. And I've also gotten into Mezcal uh, Gimlet's. Oh no, that sounds delicious. Just refreshing and it's too smoky or not too smoky i like do you like the smoke i like it you could do tequila i mean you can do any liquor in a gimlet but just like the lime it's really fresh that's really good yeah. i like palomas oh god i love a paloma you know yeah. those are pretty good yeah you know so anyway okay good stuff and then um again man this is like kind of already answer this favorite place to be outside favorite place to be outside for me it's probably mount pleasant golf course 
that would just be for me. No, no family wants to go to that. So are you the only golfer in your family? <laughs> no, my son plays. My daughter will go, doesn't want to go. And then when she goes, she's like, why don't I do this more? And uh, so I'm hopeful that there's... She sounds a little indecisive. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's just got a lot going on. Yeah, um, yeah so it's a, I think it's a beautiful part of the city. Yeah. Like it up there. Very cool. Well, thank you so much of course. for chatting with me. I think this is actually your second... Is that right? You, I think you were on when it was the downtown download. I think you might be my first I, repeat. I, I did go to Towson. Yes. Which I don't like to go to very often. No. Ever. Neither. That's why we <laughs> built the studio right Perfect. here in downtown Baltimore. Perfect. Um, yeah, but I was thinking about that on my way over when I was taking it. Wow. Well, I'm honored. I was on my scooter, just bopping over. <laughs> bopping. I, I took the scooter over too. You did? Yeah. Wait, wait what's, your, what's your brand? Which scooter? I have three apps on my phone. Today was Bird. Well, I was thinking about parking here, and you were very nice about directions. And then I was like, well, I have enough time. I could dump my car and then yeah. scooter down. And so, who would have thought? Who would have thought? When we all moved I, here. I, that's true. <laughs> that 1996, we there were no <laughs> scootering or, or Paloma drinking. Well, I would say that your projects have been part of us being in the scooter well, thank revolution. You. Uh, so thank you. <laughs> scooter revolution. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's high, high praise. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks, Dominic. Thank you again, Dominic. It was so nice to have you in the studio. And especially thank you for the marketplace, because without it, I think my kids would go without food a couple nights a week. For past Hey Baltimore episodes and all the cool stuff happening downtown, go to our site, godowntownbaltimore.com. Hey Baltimore is produced by Mike Evitz and made possible by Downtown Partnership. Our music is by Super City, and I'm your host, Megan Eisenach. If you want to reach out, email us at heybaltimore at dpob.org. Thanks for listening.